Commander Pavel Chekhov, Starfleet, United Federation of Planets. All right, Commander. Is there anything you want to tell us? Like what? Like who you really are and what you're doing here and what these, these things here are. I am Pavel Chekhov, a commander in Starfleet, United Federation of Planets, service number 656-58270D. All right. Let's take it from the top. The top of what? Name. My name? No, my name. I do not know your name. You play games with me, mister, and you're through. I am? May I go now? <laughs> it's definitely his peak of uh, Chekhov, the character of Chekhov. Well, Chekhov that's his Star Trek just, peak. Yeah, he doesn't have much this else movie, to do, but uh, he goes on an adventure in San Francisco. That's a fun one. That's um, uh, Star Trek for the Voyage Home, everybody, for ooh. those of you who aren't. Trek fans. We're Trekkers. celebrating Trekkers. the 35th anniversary of this movie this year. And um, almost as old as me. <coughs> almost. And uh, and more older than I am. Yeah. Oh, what, is that the, the difference between the two of us? <laughs> yeah. It sounds right. It's right in between. Sounds I don't right. know the words. Um, oh, well, I've had one sip of scotch, so I'm already. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll take it from here, Kelly. Yeah, you please. Just sit back and. Uh, please. Welcome to episode 43. We've done this 43 times. We have. Still going strong. Uh, well, Feels like we've only we've done, done it like 10 times. We, <laughs> we've done it quite a few times more yeah. than that, uh, if yeah, you count all the commentaries, which true. I guess we should do another one of those. True. I would still really love to do a commentary on Maverick. I don't I know. know if it's available right now, it's, but so it's so much fun. I, I've had on my list of commentaries to do Maverick and uh, Mars Attacks for a while. <laughs> Not that <laughs> I love Mars Attacks, yeah. but I was like, that'd oh, be a fun pl- one to talk, to talk through. About. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty to talk about. And uh, neither of them have been on any of the major streaming services so right, um, right but maverick is definitely up there we gotta keep an eye out for that one it's just a crowd pleaser man i don't think i've ever shown maverick to anybody or i know anybody who's seen maverick who's been uh-huh. like no i didn't like that oh, i'm not saying so they are ever gonna watch it again or thought it was the best movie but i don't right. feel like anyone comes away from it being like nope didn't enjoy that well so. we uh we <laughs> will introduce it to you guys one of these days um, but yeah, we opened up with uh, Voyage Home, which uh, I guess we could start by just mentioning that we uh, we did go see this together in the theater the other day. We went to an anniversary screening. Um, uh, my girlfriend Jess came along. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Jess. Enjoyed it. She had seen it once before. Um, I kind of pitched her on this one when I first showed it to her that this is the sort of one. This is not me knocking at it because I really like this, but it's the one inexplicable comedy in the <laughs> right. middle of movies that there are no real comedies. I mean, sure. they're comedic moments, but it is kind of weird to think Star Trek's more episodic than Star Wars. But imagine if like Star Wars Episode Five just happened to be a comedy, like a time traveling comedy, and right. they went back to like the regular formula after that. And they had a nice little featurette beforehand where they talked about what many trekkers and trekkies uh b- kind of look at this as which is star trek two three and four work as a trilogy right they're all similar in tone and you know time period and everything else and it is kind of odd to have the third of a trilogy be almost a slapsticky time traveling comedy when the first one starts off so dark with wrath of Khan. gosh yeah i uh i am of the mind that even though that's all true from a an adult and informed perspective it is a comedy amongst, you know, action dramas, whatever. Right. But as a kid watching these, 
it did not stand out as funnier yeah. than the other one. It was still an adventure. They needed to it's, save the world. They're just they action yeah. adventure movies. Yeah, that's true. And the comedy in it is so perfect. It's great. That it strikes me more as just like naturalistic, you know, kind of stuff. It did, For sure. I realize that there are jokes that are written, but it, it, it really doesn't feel like it to me. I just, I think I, it's so good. Yeah. It it's plays so more good. like at this point, everybody knows their character well enough that they all just kind of embrace this fish out of water moment yes. for what would happen to their character. And it just, and you know what? Like, I think the best thing I could say is it shouldn't work, but it works completely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't know why it works. It's not something you would set out to do, right? but it just works just perfectly. I think. Well, that's a testament to Nimoy who directed yeah. it, uh, and yeah. his, his vision for it. And just like the attitude of everybody involved was obviously very, um, open, you know? Right. Right. So, uh, very, very good. We love voyage home. Um, but, uh, but we should talk about some other movies, some more recent movies that we've seen, uh, especially in theaters. What, uh, what do you have on your yeah, list? We, we've both recently? been, uh, catching a, Ugh, a fair amount so many of movies. movies lately. Um, the one I really want to talk about the most is, uh, the Nicolas Cage movie pig, Woo! which you talked to me about last time. And, uh, and I have now seen, and I was really blown away, man. Um, I knew from you, you had obviously, um, uh, vouched for it. And then, uh, another guy I know, um, Ben who, whose opinion I respect as far as movies go yeah. really wrote like a long kind of, oh, yeah, you eloquent, mentioned that. like, yeah, like, you know, think about it. And I was like, all right, well, we got to see this. And I sort of told Jess going in, I was like, look, this is going to be a real Nick cage thing. This is going to be one of those ones where he's there and he's fully in, you, you know, told like her that, he, huh? <laughs> well, I just thought it was so, I mean, it was so unusual, right? Yeah. It, it was so, it was like its own thing that you hadn't seen before. And he just was so committed. He was like full committed cage. Yeah. And like a real actor, guys. Like, guys, it's like, <laughs> you know he's what? like a real actor. It was, it was, a, it was one of those great examples that comes along every so many, every couple of years or so many years where it's like minimalist filmmaking, right? Yes. It's like that simple indie that anyone really could do, mm-hmm. but very few are able to do on a very simple premise that just plays out so authentically and real and so emotional. And it was really heartbreaking. I mean, I, I was, I expected that to an extent mm-hmm. and I'm an animal guy anyway. So, sure. you know, pig, dog, whatever it is, like I get it. But, but it's when it got there mm-hmm. with this movie, I was just kind of overwhelmed. Like I, I was really, there with him. And I don't know. I just, I dug the premise. I dug the whole thing. It felt like a great sort of alternative kind of film, I guess mm-hmm. is the way I would say it. Um, <laughs> there were a couple moments. There's a spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There's a, a momentary fight club, uh, yeah. <laughs> scene where I was sort of like, where are we going here? It didn't it's, feel out of place, it's, it's but it didn't pretty feel universally considered an odd, you know, thing to be in the movie, but it, um, at no point did I respect the movie any less for it being there. That I agree with that completely. Yes, you, you that's more better. I, better than I well, I but but I get I get what you mean because you 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 watch through that scene and you see what it's in service of and what it's a means to, and then you're like, uh, okay, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure where they were going with it. Probably like you, you're just like, why is this happening? And, uh, but I, I, I fully embrace it. And the, the, you, you were right though. Yeah. Everybody did a good job. It wasn't just cage. Cage was great, but there's, there's one other moment I wanted to talk about quickly. And it's the scene where he goes and he sits down at the table and they're trying to find information. And the chef that comes out is someone who used to work for him. When oh he was God. In the it's kitchen. so great. That scene is so good and so um like uncomfortable in like the best way like in the most again most authentic real it feels like like real life like this does not seem like an actor yeah or happened to this man i mean it was so real yeah the way he can't stop laughing and then i I don't know the whole all i can say is definitely check it out yeah i love two thumbs up from kelly and patrick for pig yeah one of my Um, favorites of recent years and you know being from Pork country, not to offend anybody. But I've <laughs> yeah, always sure. loved pig in a sure. different way, but sure, this sure. made me rethink that. So sure, that's um, a cute pig. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the the other big one that I wanted to talk yeah. about uh, that I really, really, uh, really loved, really was blown away by, was better than I expected it to be, even though I thought it was going to be good. Was Stillwater? Have you seen Stillwater? I loved Stillwater. Absolutely loved it. Can't thank say enough you about for, Stillwater. Thank you for liking it. Also, uh, listen, yeah, because it's kind of mixed. I mean, it's not like people don't like it. But I think it's in the seventies from critics. Yeah, and I've to seen me, mixed stuff. it's a top top movie of the year so far. Well, I, I was with that it. can crowd that stood up for nine minutes. Oh, did they? I don't even. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Matt okay. Damon a standing ovation for like nine um, ten minutes. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I thought it was right there with his best performances he's ever done. I yeah, thought, you know, I, I obviously he's younger and it's a different thing. But I, I always, when I think of Damon, I think of Goodwill Hunting. And then I think about the Bourne series just because he's iconic mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, I was like, is there anything else that I would <laughs> think of before that? I mean, because he really, this to me it's was a good point. That's a good point. You know, it, it's a certain role and he just feels like he's totally embodying it. And the story I think is a universal story and it's really about human beings and different cultures and being in a situation that you don't know how to navigate and relationships and all these things. And there, there was, I don't want to talk a lot about plot because right. people hadn't seen it, but there, there was a, a stretch for like maybe 10, 15 minutes where I was like, Oh, I didn't think we'd go here. And I didn't know if I wanted it to go there. In fact, I probably didn't want it to go there. And then it just kind of came back around. And by the end of it, I was like, no, I, I think that was, Mm-hmm. A good, good, all good choices, and I think it was exactly kind of as it should have been. And and look, it's very depressing. It's hard hitting. Yeah, but I loved it. I I agreed with everything. For those that it. didn't see it, it's it's essentially a semi fictionalized or largely fictionalized version of the Amanda Knox right kind of murder that sort of spins into its own. It's you know it's, fictional narrative. Yeah, which I can understand the Amanda Knox camp not liking that this movie exists. You know, you can't help but right. want to you know, side with, you know, someone's well, and they've story admitted that was what gave them the idea for this right, story. Exactly. And they wrote their own story. More I just father, think really. it's very interesting that, um, that you can, like you say, spin, spin off from a real story, but then end up with this, uh, yeah, incredibly complex movie that, um, it, it is its own thing. I, I don't even care. Even if you have to say it's 100% fictionalized, I, I kind of don't care about the true story behind it. Right. I just like it so much. Um, yeah. It's just this and honestly, this and what pig in this movie Stillwater had it in common, you know, the subtext and what's going on kind of underneath very kind of naturalistic 
just step-by-step thing. Mm -hmm. Like the plot is just Mm -hmm. step-by-step, right? We're just moving from A to B to C. Right. But what's going on kind of bubbling beneath the surface in both of these movies is the really good, profound shit that you're looking for in Mm -hmm. movies like this. And I just thought they both were slam dunks. Um, Um, And, and just for what it's worth, I brought up Matt Damon's IMDb because I was, uh, I was struggling to, uh, to, to place other significant, uh, I mean, Martian, talented Mr. Ripley. You know, it's not like he hasn't done it. Ocean's Eleven. I mean, he, that's an ensemble, but he's part of that. Sure, sure. Uh, um, and he's very good in that. Um, he was in Ford versus Ferrari a couple of years ago, which was great. Um, he, uh, let's see, he was in The Great Wall. That's amazing, right? <laughs> you know, um, you know, he talks about that, how yeah. his no, no, his daughter he, consistently just likes to give him shit him. about yeah, his movies. Yeah, sure. She says, "There's not." She says, "You were in that movie, The Wall." And anytime <laughs> he, was, he says Great Wall, she says, "He was just great so about excellent in in Interstellar." Um, I'm kidding. Oh, obviously, um, <laughs> I forgot he was because of course. No, he's I know a, that's why I'm bringing it up. Um, but yeah, I'm. I agree with you. I mean, he was in The Departed. Talented in, Mr. Ripley um, was one. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, but but I I, I Courage Under Fire, at, Saving yeah. Private Ryan. There's a bunch. He's he's had a long career. I love him in Dogma. But uh, but, but this is right there. Stuff the that sticks out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm uh, I'm with you. Um, gotta love that. And and he's coming up uh, soon in the Last Duel. Yeah, um, which we saw good. a preview for the other um, night. So yeah. I'll just go ahead and mention this. Yeah, yeah. Last night, uh, Jess bought us tickets, and we went to Halsey's If I Can't oh, Have how Love, was it? I Want Power. And we both really enjoyed it. Yeah? I mean, okay. it was bizarre as we knew it would be. And right. uh, conceptually, I mean, look, amazing to look at. We love her music. We have, we have a mutual crush. Somehow sure. we both have a celebrity sure. crush on Halsey. So we were both fine with watching her bop around and be scantily clad and sometimes yeah. naked. Um, but it had some real horror movie elements, man. Oh, like really? It, it really, you, it just shows you what you can do with direction and what mood is, you know, regardless of how developed the story is or not, you know, or whether it's music video style or whatever, but yeah, it was a fun experience. Um, I think it was, it's something that will never translate the same way. I mean, you could watch it, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we watched it in IMAX. You want to see it in the movie. And theater, I mean, yeah. just the sound and the visuals and it, it's all medieval. So you'll love that Kelly. <laughs> oh, God damn um, but I, uh, I was considering seeing it, but I'm, I'm not now. <laughs> it, it, it was a, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, like I said, we're fans, but, yeah. but it's, it's really weird. It's really creepy by design. Right. Um, and, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I felt about the ending. Um, I, I had no problem with it, but it was, it was, it was a, I guess I'm just still thinking about it. That's okay. Most Fair enough. Um, very good. That's a, uh, that's a weird one. I didn't think you would have seen that, but yeah, um, yeah. cool. It's not my norm. Um, what else did you see in theaters? Anything? Um, yeah. Um, so the only ones, the other ones I wanted to mention, uh, uh, you are, have just started this. We already talked off bot about it, but I, I saw reminiscence. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I, not finish it. I so. liked, I didn't love, um, I thought it was a more interesting idea than the movie itself, but it's like that it comes from a long line of that sort of futuristic film noir, yeah. Yeah. you know, dystopian private detective type of story. And which um, I'm on board for those concepts or those subgenres, but, um, I think what kills it for me and I haven't finished it yet. I don't know if I'll like it. Um, is that the people that make Westworld made it? I forget which mm-hmm. specific producers right. um, slash people, but uh, I just think that it's all style, no substance with those people. And um, I, you know the the uh, the cl- critical reception for Reminiscence has been really bad, and um, I don't know. I just it's been the trailer that has 
irked me for so many months that right. it's been playing where I'm just like, <laughs> right. why the fuck does this movie exist? Why are these people in this movie? Like it irritates me that it exists. Um, but that's why I'm watching it. I'm like trying right. to, to right. get over that. Well, it is um, definitely style over substance for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, um, you saw the green Knight, right? Because I had seen it or yes. we, we both saw it. We've both, we've, seen, we've it. both seen it. Okay, great. Correct. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I, yeah, I know. I think, you must have seen it last time we recorded and I hadn't. Yeah, that was, was the idea. Yeah. I um it wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. <laughs> I had a higher expectation for it than what ended up being. Because um, of the director or I think because um I don't know, because it's A twenty four, I guess. Um I can't really place what I thought was it what it was gonna be because it's one of the more beautiful things I've seen yes, in a long time. Yes. Stunning. It's uh, so impressively crafted and it's uh, still a very small movie. Like I think a very small group of people mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. this movie. Right. Um, but it's stunning to look at. I like virtually everything about it. Um, I like all the performances. I like all of the production design. I think the costumes are outstanding. Um uh, I even really, really, really like the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, and I don't, I don't know the source material at all or anything that it's taken from at that. all. Um, but I guess my point there is that when it was done, I still, it still didn't stay with me. Right. It was, it was done and I walked away and I forgot all about it. Um, so whatever. Well, I, well, I told <laughs> Jess when we left, cause I told her going in, I was like, so we're going to, this is not going to be you and me going to Lord of the Rings where it's like <laughs> the normal heroic themes right. and it's just in that setting. I was like. This is going to be a bizarre. As like, if they follow the source material, which I am actually very familiar with, the right. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, um, that kind of epic poem. I was like, this is the weirdest of all of the Arthur legends and you know King Arthur stories, and yeah. one that no one really knows the exact source of, but it's been told over and over. And right. people have debated. I mean, his authors and and uh, you know uh, literary professors have debated what it's about for so long. The alleg- right. allegory of homosexuality, or which is an element in this, um, all different kinds of things. So I thought it was what I said when we left was, well, that was appropriately bizarre. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because it really is just sure. kind of a fever dream of sort of stunning visuals and oh, not really broken narrative, but narrative that you can't necessarily follow. It's in some ways it's nonsensical by design yeah. in certain parts, like a dream. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It, yeah, it was, it was like fair. stream of yeah. consciousness. Yeah, yeah. It was like a David Lynch, you know, yeah. kind of scenario, which I tend to um, like. Yeah. That's I, why I, I really, it. I thought about it later and I really did love kind of just the opening shot of this guy kind of sleeping while the world burns, mm-hmm. you know, out the window that, cause that was sort of, it was just a great way of setting the stage. Um, I didn't love it either. I'll probably never watch it again. Right. I really enjoyed it too. I don't have anything really critical to say. Jess and I debated a lot, uh, the ending, um, mm-hmm. as we kind of drove home, whether he had sort of passed the test and the green Knight was just saying, you know, like a wink and a nod off with your head because you've passed. This is the, standard for your chivalry or whether, well, you pass the test and almost like a sort of Buddhist idea of now you transcend this world because mm-hmm. off with your head, right? Because yeah. that's kind of the debate. Um, but also you could see, I mean, this director has openly talked about how he was, what his influences are. He says he loves last temptation of Christ. I don't know if you've ever seen that no. movie. I, I think that movie's incredible. Um, but that's another one that's kind of hit or miss, but 
the whole premise of that story is if Jesus had not died on the cross and chosen to live, like he's given a choice, what would have happened to the world? And essentially he, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that movie from the eighties, <laughs> uh, he lives out his life, I see. but then sees what happens to the world. And he, and essentially it all happens in his mind. He's shown what would happen while he's I on the see. cross. Very heavily influential yep. for, for the end of uh, green Knight. Interesting. Um, but that was the part in the movie where I was watching where I was like, they might have just lost me here because I knew that wasn't part of the original. But then again, brought it back around and I was like, no, no, it's fine. It works, yeah. Um, so I think we're probably about the same, same that's fair. That's on, fair. on Green Knight. Um, again, it's so gorgeous though. Like that's really oh, one it's of beautiful. the main things. Yeah. Um, and that's why the trailer was so stunning. Right. Yeah, you know, like this yeah, is a, it's like this a music one of the video. great trailers. <laughs> you want to watch the trailer, you kind of understand it and that's – that's I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to adjust your mic live. Oh. All right, oh, guys, wait for I, it. Uh, not tight enough to it here? Okay, bring it to me. How do you, how do I sound now, guys? How how do you like me now? I don't know. You know what how the like problem is? I put on better headphones than I normally have, Ooh. and you can hear so much more. And so I, it's it, you. It probably won't translate to the final product, well, but you um, know. I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help hey, it. Hey, the point is, we've adjusted, and now everybody's <laughs> in a better place at this point. Everyone, I don't know. Um, one other thing, we went to in the theaters. We, yeah. Jess and I went to the Scream Marathon. At oh yeah, Nubev. that sounds awesome. It was so much fun, man. I, I had kind of forgotten. Wait, how many are there? So there are four now, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We were never going to stay for all four, right? We were going to watch the first one for sure. I really wanted to see the second one because right. I because I've seen the first one probably a dozen times. The most, yeah. Yeah, not in a while, but you know every Halloween, not every Halloween, many Halloweens we've thrown that on. If we're going to pick a scary movie, that's one of the ones yeah, because so of good. my generation and we grew up with and I love how it's, you know, the parody of scary movies and everything else. But I had not watched the second one in so long that we ended up staying for the second one. We were both kind of beat. I would have liked to have stayed for the third, but we didn't make it through the third. But then we went home and, you know, on HBO, they had the third one. So about a week later, we threw on the third one. Yep. And, you know, my memory was that the first one was such a horror classic and the second one was good, maybe not great. And then the third one was like, okay, well, they've kind of run out of steam, but still a fun in the trilogy. Mm -hmm. Looking back, man, and maybe it's just my nostalgia for they don't make those kind of movies now. You know, we, we don't really get. Sure. The teen slasher thing as much anymore because movies have moved in a different direction. I really think they're all almost equally clever. They're really? all just very, very smart and entertaining and, you know, not, not like this brilliant, like more than anything you, you know, could imagine, but like they're just very clever. They're well put together. They know what they're doing. They're in on the joke, yeah. you know, every time. Right. And I just really, really enjoy the kind of the camp and the tone of those movies. Um, they're a lot of fun and there's still some fun, scary moments too, that are kind of horrific to think about. Um, we really, really enjoyed it. It was a well, lot of fun at new Bev too. With Halloween coming up, I got to put those on my list and yeah. just revisit them because yeah, it's been, it's been such a long time. Um, fun crowd too, as always at the new Bev. Right, right. Fun crowd. Um, the same night that you guys did that, we went and saw wizard of Oz at the cemetery. Yeah. Um, that was cool. It was, that was a good one. I hadn't watched the wizard of Oz in a long time. And, um, the wizard of Oz, uh, has been remastered, you know, probably more than once, but the, whatever the, you know, the cemetery, you're so far away from the screen. I mean, right, we were, right. we were pretty far away and it still like blew me away how good it looked, looked like beautiful. they, they did such an amazing remaster of it that, um, it was great. And it that's really one great. that it's great that they do that because that is a movie that like just the colors are so oh, vibrant and God, that's part of yeah. bringing the world to life. So if you're going to do something where the color scheme is that important and like 
that it lifts the story and it's that important to the narrative. Right. That's the kind of movie you want them to go by and make sure they put I was, in the best I was most quality. impressed by that, but uh, also just impressed by how much I enjoyed it. Um, thinking that I would, uh, you know, kind of just yeah. nod off, but right, uh, right. I really, I really didn't. Um, um I, yeah. I will say, you know, we, when we used to do tours at Sony, uh, yeah. our, our friend, uh, tour guide, Tony used to always start, uh, his tours and he would talk about on this lot, you're about to go to the most beloved film ever filmed shot. You know, he said, maybe not the, maybe not the best, you know, right. maybe not the, this, maybe not that, but the most beloved film of all time. Can we all agree on that? And, you know, of course everybody would nod. Um, what he could have said, definitively and objectively is they still estimate to this day that the wizard of Oz is the most viewed film in the world history. Oh, so, that makes sense. So even to now, right. Where right. you've got star Wars and it's played so many times and you got all these movies that have made so much money. This is one that going all the way back to 1939 that was passed down so many generations from, you know, mothers to daughters and fathers and sons, mm-hmm. whatever, that it's still estimated to be the movie that has been seen more than any other film. And that's, that's an like a really, really cool stat. It feels like Absolutely. the ultimate stat. So there you go. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I would buy that. Any um, other movies that you uh, you caught? Yeah, so there are a few. And I don't. I realize that most of these you haven't seen. So it's that kind of thing where when you see them, let's talk about them. But I'm going to rattle off a few. Um, I saw a documentary called All the Streets Are Silent, which is about the coming together of the um, kind of the, uh, street skaters, uh, you skateboarders and hip hop, uh, you know, folks oh, okay. in New York okay. in the nineties, right which on. ultimately created, um, the brand Supreme, which is now yep. huge. Yep. Um, but, uh, is a, a outstanding documentary, um, really oh, beautiful cool. documentary, cra- super well crafted. And me being so far from that world, I still was just so into it. We're I saw that more, in the theater. I feel like we're getting more impressive documentaries yeah. now than we ever have before, or we're getting access to them. And there have always yeah, been a lot of great maybe docs, both, but there but hasn't been a good platform. The, before the, I, I can't say this loudly enough. Um, documentaries are probably the most valuable use of your time at the movies nowadays. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that in a preachy way, like go see these special. I just mean that if you're wanting to go see something of high quality, then the most quality available is in generally documentaries right now. And I got a couple others I want to mention. Um, a lot of these documentaries don't have not sold to streaming platforms for one reason or another. And so even though a lot of them are coming out on the platforms, a lot of them are not. And so a lot of these that I saw were in theaters only like this, all the streets are silent. Um, another documentary I saw a few weeks ago in the theater is called bring your own brigade, which I thought was literally going to focus solely on the concept of private firefighters, because that's what it's talking about. That phrase Um, uh, we've had these horrific wildfires are all over the world, but uh, a lot here in California and, uh, people like, um, Kim and Kanye and all these, these people that have private firefighters come to their home and keep their home from burning. Um, that's like two minutes of this documentary. It's this movie, bring your own brigade is one of the best documentaries I've seen in years and years and years. And it's just, it's, it's more of an investigative journalistic piece on the fires and why, (laughs) you know, and I, and I, and I, even though it has an ecological message, I really feel like it's very objective. I, it's hard to, you know, we live here and we, we see what happens. Um, I just, I can't stress enough 
that people should watch this movie, especially if you live somewhere where you don't have fires, if you live somewhere that's really wet, <laughs> you know, but yeah. California, Australia, parts of Europe uh, are just on fire all the time. And this documentary does the best job of explaining why um, bringing in the politics of it significantly, but also the uh, biological aspects of it, of why, why the fuck is this happening? Right. Um, it's so interesting and, and powerful. Um, and I, I cried quite a bit. Uh, there wow. were, there were multiple times I cried during this documentary for various reasons, for human reasons. And for, it's like crazy how powerful this was to me. And maybe I'm alone, but you should see it. Pussy. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Perfect. No, honestly, um, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Nailed it. Uh, I, uh, saw the suicide squad. You saw that probably. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed it. I want to say one thing about the suicide yes. squad. You can go on if you need to, but I just want <laughs> okay, to say yeah. one thing. I don't have much to say. They they really <laughs> genuinely made my heart ache for a fucking starfish, yes. giant starfish alien. Yes, exactly. I mean, that movie was exactly what it was supposed to be the whole way through and enjoyable. I'll never watch it again. But right at the end, man, they twisted the knife on yes, me. Yes. And I got to say, it was it was impressively heavy. And it was maybe more than it should have been for that kind of a movie. And it was almost out of place. It was almost like, you know, Kate Blanchett in a Woody Allen movie where she's like out acting everyone. And it's like, yeah. maybe you should settle down a little bit. We don't even need that here. <laughs> um, but it, but it was, uh, I, I just remember being like, Oh my God, like that really messed me up for a little Shit. bit, uh, but funny. I enjoyed it. And listen, once again, I just want to say Margot Robbie is just born to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's her name? Harley Quinn. I mean, she's just a perfect Harley Quinn. Anyway. Um, I thought it was wonderful. And I think it's about as good as like, if you just, if, the, if there's a genre of like R rated, um, a, a superhero movies, I just, uh, I know Deadpool is its own thing. Right. But I put this up there. Like, I just think in terms of quality um, and what they deliver on, I just, I think it's, I think it's about as good as you can get. It was a good redo. You know, yeah. as much as they overdo redos. Now, Big time. Did redo. you see free guy yet? Haven't seen free guy yet. Haven't gotten to that or respect. You don't need to rush this. to free guy, but we'll talk about it. You know, whenever um, it's, it's fun. Um, respect. I saw as well. And um, I, I'm kind of middle of the road on it. Um, I think I told you the other day that I just thought it was so long. Um, it just, really I just keep waiting on a biop. I see everyone and I know yeah. that I know, understand the quality. I'm not saying they're bad, right? but I, but it's one of those genres that I, I struggle through because they always like life, uh, and maybe appropriately are just longer than I want them to be and slower moving than I want them to be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm just waiting for the day where I watch like a biop picture and I'm just in the entire time right. blown away and I never get bored and I don't have to like struggle to get through it. Even the, when it's good. The, um, the portion of walk hard where he goes, this is a dark fucking period <laughs> is That's part of the reason that movie was so playing good. in my head yes. when it got yes. to that portion of the movie. And I was just like, they don't even try to not, you know, I, yeah. I know you have to tell the whole story, but, Oh God! Walk hard is so good that it's messed up. Real biops. <laughs> That's what forward. I'm saying. Everything refers back to walk hard now. <laughs> walk hard was spoofing on these movies, and now these movies feel like they are copying Walk Hard. Yeah, earnestly. Yeah. I just it's so bizarre. Um, <laughs> I think that what respect stands out for is obviously Jennifer Jennifer Hudson yeah, does an amazing job. She's absolutely beautiful and and perfect. Um, but I think the one that stood out to me the most were um, hair, makeup, and then costume. I very rarely do I 
put too fine a point on that, but I think uh, if this doesn't win way? for hair and okay. makeup okay. Uh, for the Oscar, I just don't know what will. It is stunning. Stunning. Okay. Um, let's see. Is hair and makeup a, is that an Oscar? <laughs> Actually. Costume. Maybe you know it's what's not. funny? Wardrobe is? Maybe Wait, maybe hair well, and makeup isn't? Makeup I, is. Makeup. Okay. I think hair falls it's, into I the think, makeup okay, category. Yeah. I'm just saying it because in production it's called hair and makeup. But right. but yes. Um, and it should um, be called hair and makeup. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good. Anyway, um, moving, moving along, other stuff that I saw. Um, I saw The Protégé yesterday. Um, which slipped through the cracks Man, for me. I was only, just like, fuck, I didn't it's only play in for a week. And, yeah. and Jess and I really was like, Hey, I'd really like to see this this week because it's only going to be on for a week. And I yeah. checked like all the AMCs. Right. It is playing at Alamo draft house. So maybe I'll get around to it. Um, I haven't even heard what you think about it yet, but I really, really wanted to see it. And we just ran out of time. Oh, I know. Yeah. The protege, by the way, guys, is this new action movie with uh, a with great cast. Makita style. <clears throat> yeah, you have uh, Maggie, Maggie Q, who's not in, in a lot that I even know. I don't know her from too much, uh, but she's wonderful. And then Sam Jackson and uh, and uh, Batman. Keaton. Um, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the point is, the protege is directed by Martin Campbell, who we love. He directed oh, yeah. Goldeneye. He directed uh, the best Casino Royale. James Bond and a few years ever. ago, he did uh, The Foreigner, which was just so wonderful. Um, and he did Mask of Zorro, which oh, yeah. is I always a, forget a forgotten masterpiece. He, um, this movie fits in with those stylistically, definitely. It feels um, – it's one of the best paced movies I've seen in years. It fucking like stuff is, usually is so rock solid. The pacing and the editing are just top notch. Um, is it a anything unique beyond that? Not really. It's absolutely worth seeing because it's just a solid action adventure. Well, maybe action. See, I was going to say I don't. Thriller. I don't need anything. Out I, of I those know movies. you have I a know good myself. expectation. I am, I am for that. So, um, we'll definitely see it if you can. But if you had to see this at home, not a big deal. It's fine. Like I'm. I'm. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. going to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a couple more I want to mention. Um, I did something really. Uh, I'm going to totally pat myself on the back. I did something really cool, which is that I saw moved four movies in the day, in one day. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. The other day at the theaters, um, I had You've a officially won between getting to <laughs> how many was it in the theater? hundred in the theater in a year. In 2019, I and saw a hundred in the theater. You know, with yeah. four in a day, if we weren't in the situation we were, you might be able to actually top that just based on having, can a, I tell you a secret? I might break a hundred for 2021. Yeah. I, I don't know yet, but the way that the numbers are looking, I might break. I just want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> So um, you just have to quit all your jobs. It just sounded like the most fun day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so the key. I do. Uh, I do. Uh, I, uh, uh, not take it for granted. I mean, I, I don't think I take it for granted. Uh, any day that I'm not working, I'm trying to see a movie. And um, there was a day a few days ago where I had a plan to see three because they were stacking up. I have a list of movies I want to see and they were just piling and piling and piling. I'm like, I have a whole day. I could just go to as many as I can. And generally the answer is three because you kind of do your morning one, your afternoon one and your evening one. Right. And, um, one weird thing in LA right now is that movie theaters are not open for like the 10 AM movies, uh, except for on Saturdays and Sundays. This was on a weekday. Yeah, four is totally doable. If you have the momentum, <clears throat> the if you have first the, movie the I saw started at one forty. That's what makes it crazy. That I feel if they like were doing the 10 o'clock so showings as a doable thing. If so you've got the you will. have to think that not only did I start so late, but what are the chances that I'm going to be able to line these all up? That's the, Oh, and by the way, the first three, um, we're at different theaters across LA. <laughs> and then the fourth one, I saw at the same one that the third yeah, one was at. That's but also the key. My plan was to see three. I saw 140 
of a movie called Drama Rama, which is a very small indie that was just playing at, at uh, uh, Lemily Glendale. Okay. And it's only playing there. And I could tell when I got there because <laughs> the director was there and he was like, hey, guys, I'm the director. We're just th- this is the first time our movie's been shown. We just are excited to be here. Out. And uh, he was so nice. And and the DP was there with him. And he's like, the, this is Todd. Uh, he hasn't seen it yet. So it's very exciting for him. And, uh, you know, That's it's awesome. in this That's tiny, great. tiny screening. Um, but the reason I went to it was that I saw the trailer uh, at that theater um, a week or two before. And it's a very, very small movie about a group of friends in 1994 that are graduating high school. Um, and they are all drama friends. They've been in all the plays together and everything. And they're all about to part ways. And it's a really beautiful story of how these kids are um, kind of emotionally handling that s- separation um, and how they're nervous about leaving each other, but also, um, you know, just trying to have fun. They're, they're having like one last house party, yeah, yeah. um, before, before they, they leave. And, um, I know that you were one of these kids, these drama kids. I was a drama kid, but I was not a performer. I was in stage crew, but I definitely right. was part of the drama group most of high school. And, uh, this felt so 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 close to home it wasn't even funny i can't wait until you see it um but uh it was a beautiful movie it's impeccably written um because this is a this is kind of like a um uh a true story or not a true story a semi-autobiographical story of the director he wrote and directed it and uh anyway so the movie ended and he hung out and we talked for a little bit uh i asked some questions about the production and everything and it was very cool and he he i mean he offered that he he had said if anybody has questions at the yeah, end we're happy to awesome. answer them um so there were quite a few people there and they were asking questions and stuff um and so it was so funny because when i left i was like oh thank you so much for hanging out and but i really have to go because i'm about to see two <laughs> other movies and then him and the dp were just like oh cool <laughs> all right bye and so i left glendale and i went downtown to the alamo and i saw a uh, movie called Nine Days. Um, I'm oh, sure you've okay. seen it because it's been at playing at AMCs and stuff, or you've seen it out there. Um, shout out to my friend Corey that that wanted me to uh, see it. It was the first thing he saw since the pandemic. Oh, wow. and um, it's a it is a beautiful movie, but it's uh, very much like a play. It might, I, th- I think it might even be based on a play. I don't actually know what the source material is. Um, it's a very small scope of a movie. The story that they're telling is more um, poetic than, you know, direct. It's not uh, something I would generally connect with. And, and I didn't really, um, but it's, it's extremely well-performed and, um, and well-told. Um, but essentially, I mean, the premise of it, just to give it to you, is um, there is a person who... Um, judges incoming applicants for life, meaning for the chance to live. So what we are to believe is that these are souls that have not been given the ability to be born, but if they pass enough kind of criteria for this guy with a checklist then they will be allowed Ooh, to I like be that born. idea. That makes me feel yeah. like we're all winners. And so they right get, the they get nine days, uh, to, got it. Um, uh, 
be selected. I, I really like the concept. Um, but it's all told in the confines of a real environment. Hum- you know, the, the, the style of the movie is right. people in front of other people right. in a house and got going it, through it, the, the, the motions. Um, and so that's it, but it's extremely poetic and beautiful and well-written. Um, but it just, it's a little bit to what dreams may come for me, even though I loved what dreams may come, but it's a little bit to, uh, what, you know, uh, it's kind of abstract. It's yeah. Even though it's so not abstract in its style, in its execution, but it, but the concept is a little too out there. Um, yeah. So this um, reminds me a little bit of, um, there's a movie called defending your life. I don't know if you've ever, mm seen that one um no. but it's um it's Mer- uh Meryl Streep and um oh gosh the guy from Lost in America and Modern Romance and Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World oh, I, I can't remember I that comedian and actor's name but anyway uh that one is sort of the inverse it's people have passed on and mm-hmm. they you know it's kind of whether or not your soul gets to move on into heaven or paradise or you've got this stop and it's like a hotel mm-hmm. but everyone's like a human human form and they're all just wearing like white robes or whatever but it's kind of like you have to justify your existence yeah. and like continuing on it's not like you just win it for even being good it's like well what did you do what did you learn sure you, know, you kind of have to defend your actions and it's like a court case and there's a person that's defending you, like, don't worry, man, you're you're moving on. No worries, <laughs> trying to hype you up. And then that's there's nice. one who's like, did he ever learn from when he was in fifth grade and he tripped that girl? You know, did, have we seen growth? You this know? feels very um, similar. Yeah, so yeah, as you were yeah. saying this, it just made me think about oh, that. But, but I like the idea of like the beginning. That's that's you might, cool. You might me. really like it. I yeah. mean, it, you know, it, I'll check. It, it there's out. a lot of quality. It's got a nine in sure. the title, yeah. so I'm I'm down. Yes, yes, it does. Um, and then I hauled ass from the Alamo. And then, by the way, you have to keep in mind like travel time in L.A. Oh yeah, come on, rush that's hour. the craziest part, man. This nine days was at four forty-five at the Alamo. And so you also have the luxury of eating a meal during that. Yeah. That's super helpful. And then I left. Yeah, exactly. Then I left Alamo and I went to see a documentary called the lost Leonardo, which you told us about that. Originally I was going to, um, see it at nine something. So I was like, Oh, I'll have a nice break in between the movies. But when I got over to the West side to the landmark, I was like, oh, there's the one in an entire showing earlier at 740. So I went to the 740 of The Last Leonardo, which is a wonderful documentary about this uh, Leonardo da Vinci painting that was kind of semi-discovered. And uh, and then the story of it being discovered and ultimately sold. And I highly recommend that. Even though that subject matter is not uh, important, it is uh, incredibly interesting and well told, right, right. and it, it feels like an oceans movie. It's like really oh, fast and like nice. interesting, um, and uh, and exciting um, because it's more of like a mystery type heist yeah, yeah. type. Gotcha. What the fuck kind of thing? Um, and then um, when that was over, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm staying," because yeah. a bunch of movies were this starting at nine fifty, and so I saw Coda, which Coda is um, on on Apple TV Plus, and it was the big Sundance purchase they made. Um, but um, but I was like, I really want to see it in the theater, and I'm glad I did. Coda is absolutely outstanding. I can't wait for you to see it because it's, we'll be watching it on it's Apple so TV emotional and beautiful, and um, and uh, positive. And, um, good on Apple for, for yeah, spending the most money on it. Well, good it on you, man, it. because, uh, this is an extraordinary <laughs> accomplishment. Um, 
I don't and, think I'll ever break that, it, but I guess it's possible. It's a, it's a really a testament to uh, love of film, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of luck, uh, yes. stick-to-itiveness. Yes. Um, your driving ability, of course. Yes, and, I, I drive fast. And you're you're a mad you're a madman. You know, you're a wild man. Thanks, dude. I'm uh, I, I'm very impressed. And I was gonna say, I used to regularly, you know, I first got out to L.A. on a Saturday or Sunday, especially before I knew a lot of people. I would regularly go and just do a double feature in the morning yeah. at AMC because they had cheaper movies in the morning. Then we got the movie pass, and at that point, you could really do at least with AMC, you could do one, you know, every 24 hours. Yep. So I wasn't doing a lot of multiples a day, but I do remember my my kind of norm was three or four in a week. You yep. know, I, like every other night, I'd go see a movie and then I'd watch stuff at home. But the four in a day is really wild. The only thing I've got that could even kind of compare to that really are like marathons, which is a different right, thing. But right. I've done. The Lord of the Rings extended edition marathons like in a the theater, or whatever, which is like yeah. 13 hours of movies. And I love them, but I'd also only want to do it maybe once a year. It's not like something you can do over and over again. And one day I will sit down and watch all nine of the Star Wars Skywalker saga movies <laughs> straight row. through. Um, so I can absorb it all cool. and finally leave it behind yeah. um, forever. And it will be one third satisfying. I'm almost It positive, will be one third satisfying. But I'm yes. going to do it at some point. Um, that's for another day. Is there funny. anything else movie wise that you want to hit? Um, I, I don't want to talk about these, but I just want to mention that uh, I did see uh, Shiva Baby, which I loved. Yes. And, um, yes. And, uh, Check it out, and I watched Val, the documentary about Val oh, Kilmer. Yes. That was very interesting. And, uh, heartbreaking it but also just, positive at the yeah, same time i know yeah um, that's all so i can say to shout out to that it reminded um, me it really reminds you now when you see him just when they cut back to those yeah. clips of interviews just how charismatic yes. and how he just had it all you He's know what i mean like a star because you see him just yeah. talking and when it's juxtaposed you're just like god damn this guy was like made to kind of smile and star, tell you a story yeah, yeah. anyway wonderful um i saw a little indie called uh ride the eagle which is jake johnson's pandemic movie like oh, he wrote right and stars in it and he he got it made during That's the great. pandemic it's him in a cabin so it's like very pandemic yeah, we were asking for um, more of those when we saw please Bo-Burn. watch that when you get a chance because it's a very small movie but it's uh it's also wonderful he got jk simmons and susan sarandon to be in it and um it's just uh really solid and i think nobody's gonna see it because it's kind of slipped through the cracks but um you can get it on vod it's called ride the eagle um and uh and that's it for the movies so yeah we could we could move well on. last thing i want to mention yeah put a fork in it for the sure. movies we we had some listener feedback yes um we, we got an email actually we always want to shout out uh any listeners any fans uh because we appreciate it i'm not going to attempt the last name because i'm I'll, I'll do it i think okay, it's Nick. uh uh paticcio paticcio, paticcio. we'll say paticcio um, yeah. If we're incorrect, you can uh, email us with the phonetic uh, spelling. But uh, Nick reached out to us, uh, mentioned a movie um, called The Beast or The Beast of War uh, from 1988. Um, My birth year. He really, yeah, there you go. He really, uh, um, he wrote a really passionate, you know, kind Absolutely. of. Just like we would about anything. Yeah, I, I, I really, I just it, uh, respected and admired what he wrote so much that I, I went right out and sat down and watched it. Um and uh, I, I mean, I can't say that it it took me to the level that he's kind of mentioning, but it's a. I know you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to go too much. Yeah, into it, but Patrick just told me right before we started rolling that he had already watched it. I thought we were gonna maybe look at this together, but he yeah, sorry, buddy, it. it's absolutely. <laughs> so I will. I will watch. It's it absolutely now. Yeah. worth seeing. There's yeah. a lot of people in it, kind of 
towards the beginning of their careers. Yeah, um, it's from the director of um, a bunch of stuff. He, uh, Kevin I Reynolds. Was, I, was, I was getting there, uh, most notably. No, I'm going to take over. He, he directed <laughs> Waterworld. He directed Count of Monte Cristo. He directed Robin Hood, Prince Dude, of Thieves. Dude, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, so good resume. Really fun yeah. movies. Uh, Recently rewatched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I think it's maybe God, it's the best a, Robin Hood It's movie. been a long time. I should uh, Well, Errol Flynn's, I guess, got the crown. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, but uh, definitely we're seeing very uh, interesting visually. And also, um, there's a lot, there's just a lot to think about. There's some thought provoking stuff. So, Oh, and I forgot to forward this to you, Patrick, but he sent a follow up email with some links to some, I think, interviews about this that you have to watch after watching it, which I didn't send it to you because I was like, well, until we watch it, it's irrelevant. But um, but yeah, you should, uh, I'll, I'll send well, this I to just want to yeah. do one more shout out because we love this. And this was, this was super, this got me really hyped up that somebody digs flicks, any kind of film, yep. the same as we do, and, and would like take a minute to like just put their thoughts down and stuff. Yes. So thank you for sending any, and anybody, you know, who's listening, anytime you want to send us something like that, something you want us to check out, you know, of course we will. Oh, um, we can't, that, that, it was a super yeah, exciting. I recommend it highly that, enough. So this is, this is your forum. Yeah. Uh, this is 100%, us. So 100%. if you have something you want to uh, talk about, let's talk yeah. about it. And if you um, disagree with something, tell us so we can rag no, on no, you we on don't the want podcast. That. We don't want that. <laughs> um, <letting> you. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention um, that uh, I told you this. But uh, I watched Field of Dreams for the first time because of oh, the MLB God, you game. Son of a bitch! I didn't. I when the MLB game happened a few weeks ago at the at the Field of Dreams site, I saw it in the news and I knew without doing any research. I just immediately saw from the thumbnails what was going on that they were doing uh, this game, and I was like, I can't watch any of this. I I completely <laughs> ignored it on social media and in the news because I was like, I haven't seen it and so i immediately watched it and then got it and then i went and watched the highlights of the game and all of the pre-show and show coverage and yeah i didn't i didn't watch the whole game but i watched the highlights and um and i was just like this is beautiful i loved all of that and the it was movie, awesome the movie itself to be honest with you until really like the third act and the ending i kind of wasn't sure if i liked it um i uh, I was like, yeah, this is nice. I think that some of the things that caught me off guard were like uh, the, his wife, the character of his wife is really odd. I don't know how <laughs> else to say it, but like maybe it's that actress. She's I don't, like a whole nother movie. Almost. She's in another movie. Yeah. yeah. And like he's pretty grounded. Um, and even some of Costner's stuff that he does is a little odd. But it, it the tone of that movie is so all over the place it goes so into comedy, but it's so into drama. I think without meaning to some things that happen are just so, so bananas. Uh, the dirty um, little secret is Patrick has actually never loved uh, field of dreams. No, really? Um, okay. Not that I don't well, like this it. is, this is good for me to hear but, that yeah. because but, I struggled, but, but, but the majority of, of people <laughs> who like sports movies, the majority of people who they yeah. pick a sports movie, it's in that list where you always hear it. Like in the, big five or big 10, whatever, which I think is just a function of the ending. 
Well, it's a function. I was going to say it's a function of the ending is absolute magic. I mean, the ending yeah, is everything I get you it. aspire I get to it. for a movie. I mean, yeah. it's just heart wrenching and beautiful. I thought there was going to be a game at the end. There's no right. game well, at the end of this movie. <laughs> I kind of was liked, like, that's you know why funny? I loved it. You know what's funny? I was like, oh, we're going to end did with this. Great. Three baseball movies, right? Yeah, he right. did. And the baseball movie they always joke about is like, you know, you always end with the championship game. Yeah, Two right. of his three baseball movies did not have <laughs> right. a last game, like Bull Dermot, which is right. very unusual. And then the third movie he did is all one game. Right, right, right. <laughs> so he's making up for it. But I will just say, the the I think the concept yeah. is really what makes that movie yes. live on. Yes. The concept's so good. James Earl Jones' speech about baseball. I mean, is, he's the best is part of the, the movie. absolute yeah, yeah. best speech I've ever heard about anything. Um, and makes you want to love baseball even if you don't watch it. Um, and then uh, the, the other thing is the the whole Moonlight Graham. I know it's a small part of mm-hmm. the story, but the whole Moonlight Graham story is like a great short film in and of itself right. within it, that. Movie. It really is. So those it's things kind of like and separate. the ending, yeah. those things and the debt. You want to have a because they go. Where do they get him are, in Chicago? He's in Chicago. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. It's just a really, really interesting movie, and it feels like um, it's weird though. It's it's like someone came back from the future and made that movie. It like it it doesn't <laughs> fe- it, like someone from a different time or place or era came and made the yeah. movie, you yeah. know, and then gave it to it. It like doesn't feel like it's of this earth or something. It's the tonally and and uh and then and then the wife is just nuts um, <laughs> when she's like after she like yells at the people at the town hall everything she says at the town hall is po- is correct right. like she's right. righteous and, and it's good yeah, yeah it's like all wonderful the content it's on the page and you're like yes but then she like leaves and she's like fake boxing a, a yeah, fictional people i remember like, this i got him completely. i got him and you're just like you big nazi what cow fucking movie are you in <laughs> i i just i didn't I didn't like it. Um, anyways, uh, well, at least you saw it, man. I did. So moving on from movies, um, TV time, TV time, Dave had its finale. Um, I guess I liked the finale more than most of the season. Yeah. It still didn't do it for me uh, on the whole. I think I struggled through the second to the last episode was the one where he goes to, uh, I guess, spoiler for the second to last episode, Dave, um, he goes to uh, Rick Rubin's compound. And I thought I was like, okay, it was clear that we were headed towards, he needs a creative reset. And one way to do that is to get Rick Rubin as your producer. Okay. It just was so on the nose to me. And then they put him in a float tank and Rick Rubin's not even there. And the, the, all these things felt so on the nose to me and like predictable, even though I don't know, I don't know how I would predict it, but it just felt so uninspired, all of that stuff. Mm. But then you have the finale where it's a good message, what we end up with in the finale. Um, yeah, it's like you went through all the shit for a reason. Choosing the right side. But it was a lot of, it was seven episodes or seven and a half episodes of the trudgery to get yeah. to that. And, it just and felt heavy, man. Here, the first season felt light with all even. With it all did the feel light. And and um, Gaeta is by far the best part of that finale because you see in him who he's doing a wonderful job so good performing this like uh, let's see i wrote it down and i think i probably will make more sense um his pain and frustration kind of in that final episode it's pain and frustration with dave and so it yes. mirrored how i felt about the whole fucking season yeah and i was 
I was like, I don't think they intended for that to be the See, case. I do think you they think actually, they intended I, for that. I, to maybe be? I'm giving them too much credit. I'm not saying I like it. And I'm, I'm still not saying it works. I'm not saying it was the right choice, yeah. but I still think they made a conscious decision. I think they made the bold choice. And that's part of the reason I Dave's still respect like them. The for villain. It. Yeah, I, I legitimately think he wanted to take it because honestly, they were doing that even the first season. Man, when you think about it, he's always been little dicky. Even as it's always about like going ahead and admitting how embarrassing your shit is or what you don't sure. do well, all of it. And this is was about deep, deep, deep character flaws in this person yes. and just not getting past it. Why can't you get past those? Even though you know he means well, even though he's not a bad person, mm-hmm. I truly believe that this was an intentional choice. I still don't like it. You and there's and Jess, and then there's one other person I know who watches this show. All three of us feel the same. All four of us feel the same way. Yeah. All of us have I been like, it's still not what we there. want, and it's too much. There you go. Um, so I know five then. Yeah. Um. But 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 I still I still think they knew and they were doing it, whether I like it or not, by choice. It's I'm just you. my thought. I don't know if that's true. I, uh, also, how about the fact that Gator's name was was Dave? I really loved in the last episode <laughs> finding out. And then it kind of being about I, him in that I episode. I completely forgot about Jess that. was the one who pointed that out. She was do like, did you, you just hear that? And I was like, wait, Delightful. Wait, wait. <laughs> that just, I loved it so much. When she says, Dave, the sister, and they both turn. I was like, you got to be name. fucking kidding me. <laughs> At the end of season two, that's when you guys are doing this oh, reveal. Dude, I forgot about anyway, that. Anyway, um, but um, yeah, it's still not as enjoyable as the first season. God, did, it's you, great. They're doing a third season, yeah? You know, I don't even know. I, I assume Jess, so. Jess was like adamant, like, this feels like they're going to end it. Right. And like, he finally makes the right choice and gets right. his friend. And like, it wouldn't be an appropriate ending. But at the same time, I didn't get that feeling at all. If she hadn't said it, I would have never thought of that. Right. So I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't actually I know. Yeah. Um, I told you a while back when I worked on that finale, all I did was I helped build the LED wall that he is behind him in all that. Got you. Get the stage performance yeah. Yeah, yeah. stuff. Cause there's like two versions of the stage performance. There's like, he rehearses a version that is going to happen. And then a right. different one happens with Gata at the end. And uh, there's just a big LED wall behind him. And so I worked on the team that built that. Okay. Um, right. But um, but yeah, that was a, that was a, a I would say, a, uh, anticlimactic uh, ending, even though the message is good. I just like that first season finale. Fucking perfection, uh, as you said. At the, a fucking perfection. It was yeah. outstanding. Hard um, act to follow. This one, rough. Um, so a couple other TV things. Um, the White Lotus ended. Did you ever watch any of it? Yeah. I didn't, and I've only heard great things. I think I you'll like it. it I think it's I love just, everybody in it. I can't wait to see Steve Zahn again. It's well written, um, and it's well performed. And I think I have crushes on multiple of the actresses so in it. So Alexandra Daddario, is that how you say her name? Daddario. Daddario. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen her in much. I saw her in like True Detective. San- oh yeah, I forgot she was in that. She was in I have uh, seen Baywatch. That. Okay. Did I see Baywatch with uh, The Rock Baywatch? Yep. Okay, that kind of The best Baywatch. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I guess, yeah, not the original Baywatch. Um, uh, what, uh, what do I know her from? Oh, no, I know her from, um, blah, blah, blah. is it San Andreas? Yeah, she was in San Andreas okay, also, right? That, San Andreas yeah. is like the only thing that I know her from. Huh. Okay. And She's been in a bunch of stuff, just nothing She big. needs an Emmy. This oh, wow. show, okay. The White Lotus, has a lot of big names in it or big-ish names in it. And I think that uh, she's doing be- a better job than all of them. Wow. Um, like outstanding job. 
Okay. Outstanding. Okay. Can't wait. Um, anyways, moving on. The movies that made us. Did you watch all those? Or? Yeah, seen every single one of them. The minute I saw that the lineup included Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and Forrest Gump, yeah. I was like, all right. Well, Actually, I didn't Pretty watch Woman the Pretty Woman one. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Pretty the Pretty Woman one, and we say I saved it yeah. for the very end. Didn't yeah. really care. Just as good as the other ones. Uh, not a movie that means as much to maybe you and me. Um, so, but so good. I have to know if you were to rank the quality of these episodes <laughs> not the content but just overall quality of the episodes what order would you put them in oh um, i mean i guess content is part of that but yeah i don't know, you know what i'm saying the content part. yeah 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 i i uh, to be perfectly honest with you and maybe it's because i expected the least of it because uh-huh. you know your expectation is everything uh-huh. i kind of thought the pretty woman one was as good as any of them okay sure um, then I would probably say it's, it's Jurassic Park's probably last as much as I love really? Jurassic Park. I think, well, no, because he talks, the part that was interesting about Jurassic Park, there's like one element that I liked in all of them. The guy who basically did yeah. what everyone told him not to do and no, invented what we know now. It's great. Blew my mind. So the I love that The way that they part. wove that story through and kind of ended with it with a button and see, was great. So with the... Uh, Pretty Woman one, they weave in the story of the screenwriter who wrote the original script that ended up nothing like the movie, okay. but they based it on. And it, they basically talk about the two Pretty Womans. So going back and forth to his script interesting. was interesting angle too. With Forrest Gump and with Back to the Future, with both of those, the thing that I found so interesting was the Robert Zemeckis stuff where it was like Robert Zemeckis and, and uh, Tom Hanks both have to – beg the studio and give their own money to get this right. done the right way. And with the back to the future, when it was like, this guy can't make a hit movie and no one believes in him, but he's going to make back to the future. You know, same thing. It was like with both of them, it was that angle. I thought the Forrest Gump one was very good. And there was a lot of substance to that episode. Uh, the back to the future one I thought was garbage. And Do you think the, it's cause you're so close. Yeah, to back to the future? That's why I asked you yeah. that without any leading reason. Because I, it must be. I watched that episode, and not only was there not a single thing new to me about it, which I realize yeah. I'm I'm far too close to it, but um, I thought it was terribly Listen. edited and terribly told, and it was just they didn't. It was like very clear to me that they didn't have enough content to make a Back to the Future mm-hmm. one, right. and then the other ones they did. Um, I don't know. I, don't I know. will say I I got a little tinge of this. I, listen, I loved the last dance. I didn't think it was in any way mm-hmm. bad, but I did stop and think many times. I wish I had maybe explored and examined less in the last 20 years because <laughs> so, so be many things were me. not new to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Now they were still great to watch, but people yeah. were like, did you know that I'm blown away? I was like, yeah, I actually knew that this yeah. was really cool the way yeah. they did it, but there were a lot less surprises. Um, but yeah, I, uh, okay. I will say the one thing I really enjoyed with the Forrest Gump one was I think I've told you this I've I've virtually stopped listening to Unspooled, which was one of my favorite movie podcasts. You stopped listening because to it? they can they just continue to oh. every episode for some reason when they need to shit on a movie or talk about why something's better they use Forrest Gump as the example and it and it's listen it's I can handle anybody's opinion. Being this different. is Paul and Amy. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's mostly Amy. Paul, Amy's just a critic by nature, and I get that, but she has to like shit on stuff. And I like her opinion. I think she's interesting. She's got alternative views on a lot of stuff. I'll tell you right now, because a few weeks ago, I started trying to listen to some movie podcasts that I wasn't super mm-hmm. fluent in, 
And I listened to two or three episodes on Spooled, and I'm like, never fucking again. And she's it wasn't even the Forrest Gump concept. It yeah. was I was like, I, I so dislike Amy. It's hard to even stomach this. Honestly, man. And Paul's not helping. And I'm, well, I don't mean so, helping as he's in so going along counter. and good. I won't really argue. I'm with just it. saying that he's not doing anything. He's not. Right. Yeah, I I just struggled. My so problem much. with it ultimately is she is very intelligent. the The views she makes, she can generally support in her own view, but it still is her subjective view. She presents all of it as I guess many critics do as objective truth that's unassailable, and she's contrarian by nature, which she's admitted. Yeah. But even after she admits that, she brings that to every it, episode. It doesn't make for good uh, listening. You, it, it's you just can, so annoying. You can write your critiques. This um, concept of rewatching movies, uh, I, I just it, there's nothing fun about that to me. Yeah, there's so much fun in movies, even dramas, even well, hard content stuff with hard content it still can be fun to interact and discuss. And I find their show so not fun. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think I really, what I realized I, I really believe is like you said, it's cool trying to come up with the list of the hundred greatest movies. That's yeah. cool. That's a labor of love, right? I love movies. Let's try to get the best hundred. I think the concept is flawed, at least for me in a negative way and in a very much a critic way and not a creator way in that they started off, and I don't know how much you would do this, they started off immediately, okay, we've got to knock off everything that we're going to say is not worthy. People think it's worthy. we got to eliminate all those, right? So they went through the AFI list, and they like knocked out like 80, right? They like kept 20. So right off the bat, you were taking movies that, by and large, by acclamation, everyone or the vast majority of people are saying are classics. No one needs a, to tell us they're great. And you're immediately going, they're not so great, right? So it's just such a negative way to start from the beginning. Because really all you're doing is eliminating. Did, but so what they're trying to do sense, is come up with yeah. a new hundred and they're actually going to launch it into space. They're going to figure out a way to put it on some, or at least that's what they say they're going to try to do, rocket to send out to aliens. You know, they know it won't be right, fun, right, whatever. Right, that's right. the idea. It's a cool idea. Right. But again, I'm, I'm going to go on a long tangent, so I'm going to stop to get yeah, us okay. back All on right. track. Yeah, but, that's fair. But the, four, the one with the Forrest Gump episode, which was so great, is they stated what is was always been painfully obvious to me, which is whatever you think about this, however much it goes against the grain and against what structure should tell you to do mm-hmm. – this is just a by and large worldwide beloved movie. It's yeah. a movie that people love. They put on, you can make fun of it's a wonderful life also. Cause it's too sappy. The point is that's meant something to a lot of people for a long time. It's moved people emotionally. Yeah. There's some element in there, even if it's elusive and you can't break it down critically that works. And it's just, that was nice to see all those people in that making of the movie talking about, it was just magic and people it, knew like it. Like real it, movie magic. I, yeah. I, I, it was so positive. Great. Anyway. So wonderful. And po- I mean, obviously they had their negative stuff yeah. making that. But anyways. Um, Speaking of magic, Ted Lasso continues to be yes, the gift that keeps on giving. So the Christmas episode and that rom-com episode. If yes. you're not watching Ted Lasso, <laughs> please do yourself a favor. It is very quickly moving into the TV version of the territory that Love Actually holds in my heart as yeah. a movie. Well, which is just to make me feel Love good. Actually episode, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but it just makes me feel warm yeah. and you need that, especially in the world right now. It's a great show. It um, is it's so just great. so nice. So sweet. So I agree with that. I love Ted Lasso. Um you know, that podcast thing made me think of the fact that uh, I watched or I listened to one episode of the rewatchables, which is oh. uh, the one you've mentioned a yeah. few times. 
And I just went ahead and listened to the Independence Day one they did on July 4th. And I was like, this is a podcast. <laughs> the thing Those is, guys are the, great. The I don't even know who is, they are. Yeah. I have no idea who they are. What, what's great about and it I'm is just like, yes, Bill this Simmons is, how is a sports guy that just happens right. to love movies. But he kind of made his name writing sports articles and doing all these pop culture references and movie references. He always had like a movie oh, reference cool. he could pull out for Kind of like Ted Lasso. <laughs> But exactly. <laughs> and, but now he's got enough people. He's built up a big enough thing with the ringer that he uh, has a film critic, you know, in his group and he has, so they've got a little more uh, credibility, see, now. but it's a fun podcast. It's something oh, it's I'd great. like to, and I, I haven't well. given it a, much more of a chance, but that one, some are better than others, like, man. They're really hit or miss, everything but it's great they that you picked said, all the day. segments, you know, that they do. I just like the I, rock, the rock is another one you would enjoy. If you're oh, going to listen to a second one, that's good. But there, there are plenty that aren't good, man. I can't wait. It's hit or miss. Okay. That's fair. Um, um, one one yep. other thing I wanted to mention, or, yep. or two other things, unless you got some other TV. Um, I know you're not as big as sports, especially NBA guys, me, but uh, Netflix did a doc. Uh, it's just like 50 minutes long. It's called Untold Malice at the Palace. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact that it is about the worst brawl that involved uh, fans, went to courts, everything else in the NBA. And I, I lived watching this. This happened in 2005, 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it fascinating and and very like interesting just to kind of think about I don't know human beings and and sports and crowds and how we how society works in that way. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, man, and you got like fifty minutes to kill, it's it's in no way is it like a really super well produced documentary or anything like that. It's going to be part of a series, but Malice at the Palace, um, I thought was fascinating and worth checking out. And one other thing I wanted to mention, our friend Adam. Uh, did a uh, uh, they've been doing drafts in their kind of off season from the NBA, mm-hmm. and they did a great television draft uh, the other night. And there were four of them, and they each drafted five shows. Oh, and they cool. let the fans vote. Adam continued. They've done a TV, a movie, a theme songs. Adam continues cool. to finish last in every poll. <laughs> but I want to I wanna rattle yeah. these off to you quickly. And I know sure. there are a lot of them. No, let's and do just it. to see if you think there's any discernible difference, because I think they're all pretty solid lists. So okay. uh, contestant A picked Mad Men, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Arrested Development, Freaks and Geeks, Justified. Hmm. Pretty good list. I think a little top heavy. Obviously Seinfeld, mm-hmm. solid, mm-hmm. everything like that. But it gets a little worse along the way. Contestant two, Sopranos, Friends. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Friday Night Lights, one of my favorites, but not, I don't think a big, huge fan favorite. Right. And then Entourage, little, little less okay. impressive list in my opinion. Yeah. Condescent three picked The Wire, The Office, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Black Mirror, Fargo. Uh huh. And then the final one was Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Simpsons, Fleabag, Rick and Morty. Oh wow. To me, contestant four, just because with Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones is bad as it ended, but the ride everybody was so on board for was a huge right. pop culture thing. The Simpsons is the longest running show ever. I right. mean, I don't right. even know what to say about that one. Fleabag, which I think is <sighs> phenomenal, even though it's, a, but he, he picked so many different kinds of things. That's the mm-hmm. hip, only two seasons, new, but it's hot right now. Rick and Morty, kind of the same thing. Um, but are any of those to you head and shoulders above any others or any of those lower than others? Um, Gosh, that's really hard. Um, 
a, a few, a lot of those big, well, I shouldn't say a lot of those big shows, but like, I've never seen the wire. So that's hard, hard for, for me you. to wait. Okay. You know, I guess I have seen most of everything else on all yeah. those lists. Um, I'm that's not going to actually make it impossible I'm, for you to answer. Yeah. That's what, that's, why. that's what I'm saying yeah. is that I don't know how much weight that carries. Um, that person sounds like Adam because he likes all those shows. So <laughs> yeah. I, I guess yeah. I know that, but, but, um, I uh, I would say that that is probably the most quality. It's tough though because like the last season of Fargo really gives it like a huge down. Yeah, I've heard. Um, it's so bad. It's so bad. Well, what's interesting um, to me is to, I don't know. To That's me, no matter how I rated them, I truly didn't believe anybody was kind of head and shoulders above anyone yeah, else. They I all seem kind of similar. Nothing jumps out. And just the fact that he keeps finishing dead last <laughs> and by a significant <laughs> amount. Oh, sorry, Adam. One, it cracks that, me up. I would say that that's not objectively, that, that that's not last, yeah. that's not a last list. No, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We, um, we still love you, Adam. I just, uh, I wanted to mention it because we should probably shout out our friend or uh, uh, a guy uh, uh, that we've done uh, his trivia many times, but a friend, Clay Keller, who has, a drafting shout out to clay uh, yes podcast called yes. screen drafts which never um, ever ends in the order <laughs> it's that you never would ever yeah what you expect um but they do this all the time and that's a great podcast yeah um, i believe their time travel movie uh neither back to the future nor terminator 2 ended up even in the it had like 12 of them i don't think it was like 12 there. monkeys and <laughs> fucking bunch of nonsense oh my primer God. the number one uh, time travel movie. anyways yeah well that's uh, all i got for television man i don't know if you got um, anything else i guess we should have mentioned uh that uh we watched that music box woodstock 99 documentary oh did we not um, talk about that last no time? no holy I watched shit it since so we should we should end tv with that holy um, shit and that's a bill simmons thing he right yep that's um, his his group producing that one this is a, gonna be a series called music box whatever and in this case it's music box colon woodstock 99 and um you know, one thing I wrote down, I don't know if this is problematic, but um, for anyone that thinks pre-9-11 was idyllic, <laughs> um, <it's laughs> you, you, you know what's really, it's too much of a, a story. It shouldn't be real because it's the way yeah. you would plot, as a writer, it's the way you would plot it out as a as a movie. 99 and this sort of, I'll call it a descent into madness, which yeah, is what the yeah. stock ended up it's being. A, it's a Lord I mean, of the it's Flies apocalypse thing. now, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's hearts of darkness. Yeah. Um, it, it almost was a precursor. It was almost like the nineties was a really idyllic time. We didn't have a war to fight. And I've always kind of maintained that human beings will just find something to have a problem with. Like, if you think about it, we all love Gen Xers and I love them as well. Mm-hmm. And they talk a lot about Woodstock 94 and how great it was and idyllic. I truly believe that you can only sustain that for so long, right? We had come out of the Cold War. Everything seemed to be popping. The economy was good. Worldwide, the wall had come down. And it seemed like for a minute we were going to have this universal worldwide thing. And at that point, the biggest issues that young people were fighting against, because frankly, they didn't have anything to fight against. Everything was working well, was don't be a sellout, which I dig. I mean, that is cool, right? They were fighting against like the big corporate machine. But if you think about it now, it's almost laughable that like, this was your great fight. Like this was your battle. Like, you know, we had world war two, we had like the cold war and then we had that. So to me, I came into high school with Columbine. I left high school with nine 11. That's my freshman. And that's my senior year. So to me, it was almost like we were heading towards this angst filled. I mean, this is a lot of what fight club is about. Mm -hmm. I think, you know what I mean? I mean, even though that's a parody of it a little bit, it's like, 
I just think it, it made me sort of ashamed, but also fascinated yeah. about men and what the male thing is and how we our aggressiveness and whether or not suppressing our urges and living in a polite society, even though that is what you should do, uh, whether we're actually built for that long term. Right. I mean, there were just so many that one guy they're interviewing where he says, I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. How, why was I doing this? How I didn't even know why I was doing this. Uh, you know, four days it, of the it perfect feels scenario, like a different person and I'm you know, ripping he, shit down and he knows how crazy it is. Yeah. And, and he's like, it's very frightening how quickly the mob can turn. I mean, we know this with riots. We know this with mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Um, but it was, it was so fascinating because I turned on something to watch a Woodstock doc. <laughs> and, and, and as they, and as they touched on the other ones and how the other ones were not such a paradise either, not, not to say they were that bad, no, but, but how things always happen, you know? And when they got into the sexual assault, not that that was a shock with what we know today, but no. when they got into just the level of assault. And then this one guy still trying to spin it. <laughs> Most people had a good time and uh, yeah, that guy putting it on good. the artist, you know, to calm people. Down. I don't know. I mean, the idea of Woodstock with any kind of mosh pit band anyway, they kind of are juxtaposed already. I mean, they don't, it, they it's a, it's contrast a, so ideas. yeah, it's so counter to the, the ethos of, of yeah. Woodstock, everything that went on. It's at an air force base. It's over cement, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Fenced cement in, everywhere. It's barbed wire. It's, it's like you made war. the opposite of, uh, you know, that's like having burning man in a parking lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, it the only hilarious work. part was all the people they brought on that truly loved the original Woodstock who were completely out of place. Yeah. And every time they would try to like throw something out, be like, yeah, yeah they'd make a reference to it. And no one had any idea what they right. were talking about Because 30 years later. All they know is the legend of Woodstock. They don't even know why it's well, great. the unfortunate thing is that the, the probably the 94 one as well, but definitely the 99 was just like such a cash grab. It, it was clear that it was just a corporate right. thing. And, and we have lots of corporate festivals now, but, um, but it just was really, you know, it didn't have the, it didn't have the benefit of years of, of, um, of civilized festivals like we have now. I don't ever want to go to Coachella, but I also know that they've done Coachella enough times to know yeah. what works and what doesn't right. work. You know what I mean? So th this one didn't have, excuse me, that benefit. Um, well, the only other thing I'll say is on the other side of that, the flip side of that, uh, yeah. every time they, Moby started talking. I was just like, <laughs> just shut up. Like <laughs> he was like the opposite side. He, you know what he was? He was like the, the cancel culture to answer the Trumpers where you're just like, all right, man, like that's who Moby is though. He, I, is I totally understand that. I just don't need to hear from furthest him anymore. Other end of whatever spectrum of whatever it is that he's on. Um, so and, uh, and I'm a huge whatever. fan of Moby. I just uh, I I do wonder sometimes if he knows how he, how he sounds about he something. He gets to live in a certain way because of yeah. you know what, with his talent and all these other things. Right. But I think he's completely lost sight of the fact that that's not how it is everywhere. And right. it, it it just feels like I was so shocked by this doc. I think you were too. I think we all mm -hmm. kind of were like, wow. I don't think I was one tenth as shocked as Moby because I think he really <laughs> believes we're in the Garden of Eden if everybody just you know right does right. what he wants them to do. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely anyway, hear you. Incredible um, documentary though. Check it out. And and by the way, just a shout out that today uh, or yesterday, yesterday Disney posted this Mandalorian uh, making of the finale of oh, the, I didn't know so that. it's Disney Gallery making of Mandalorian oh, season two. No, I'm watching when I get so home. it's it's pretty much just a featurette on the. 
uh, Luke Final. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. um, watch that. Definitely. Um, I'm going to plow through some news. I'm just going to hit you real quick with a few things. Um, the <laughs> This is funny how I wrote this. Um, well, it happened, folks. The thing we've been waiting <laughs> for for 25 years the baby from the Nevermind cover <laughs> has sued the band for, for child nudity. You know, uh, <laughs> these are the moments, and it is a tragedy that we lost Kurt Cobain, but yeah. these are the moments where I really do wonder. It would be just, it would just it's, be, take the tragedy out of it. It would be so fascinating <laughs> to know what he thought. Like, I think he would genuinely that's why, be like, wow. That's I never why I wrote it that way, because I'm like, <laughs> Of course he did. Of course he did. This is exactly the opposite of what you should be doing with your life, guy. My, my guy friend, from the cover. My friend Ted just railed on him and was like, "This motherfucker!" And he was like, "This is everything wrong with this. Everything yeah. wrong." And I let him just go and go and go. And then he got to that point, and I was just like, "If I was him, I'd sue him too. I'd, I'd take I'd take all that money, and I would just sit around not having to have a job, and I'd just listen to Nirvana every day, Ted." I love this album. I this love this is album. The ultimate, this is the best album. Ultimate uh, anyway, anyways, it's, a, it's an interesting um, story. That is the biggest news. Did you that see that Bo Burnham backed out of the Larry Bird uh, role? Yeah, he did, man. I'm I'm sorry, but Patrick just fell on the floor. No, he. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know that, but he that, did, and I'm he so did. disappointed. He has That's, backed out of it, and actually makes me I, really sad. I man. actually don't know why. I don't think I even read the article. I just saw. Damn, that he backed out. Yeah. I was legitimately I know. really excited I know. that he had been cast as Bird. Well, fuck. All right, I'm That's sorry. Okay. That's I assume no, he will not come back okay. to that, but it's for okay. some reason he backed out. Yeah. Um, uh, also, someone that left, uh, the guy that was going to be the Jeopardy host, not the guy anymore. That's so fucking nonsense. I don't even know anything about him. I never watched him do any of these guest hosting uh, you know, nights or have any idea why. What did LeVar Burton uh, uh, tweet out? Was it, was it, happy Friday, everybody? I think he just like, said happy Friday. Something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, um, come on. He's sitting But like we're getting uh, Mayim Bialik for like uh, some guest dates, so uh, she's great. Um, and um, uh, let's see, also in the news, um, unfortunately, Alex Kurtzman has extended his CBS contract <laughs> through 2026, <laughs> um, so that's a bummer. Um, I don't know what else to say other than uh, that sucks. You got Rick Berman. Uh, <laughs> what is it with Ricks? <laughs> um, that one was just for us, guys. Yeah, that's just for us. Um, AMC Theaters has uh, taken over the Americana and the Grove. Um, I actually went to the Americana the other yeah, day just me. to check it out. Um, that is a beautiful theater. I always forget how those two flagship like Pacific locations were. And uh, it's gorgeous. It's just such right. a beautiful theater. It's unfortunate, though, um, because, you know, they took over kind of hastily. It's not really branded yet as an AMC, but uh, it works, you know, whatever. And um, I saw Free Guy there, and uh, the sound was not up to snuff. It was, like, really oh, quiet. Yeah. It was fucked up. And they don't have, uh, like, Dolby or IMAX or Prime or any of their, like, premium screens at these locations yet because they would have to remodel significantly so uh, it's great for the company that we're getting more of these flagship you know locations but um yeah i don't know they're not my first choice um moving along 
um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, in addition to buying Casa Bonita, which we talked about last time, um, they <laughs> so have great. signed uh, a renewal on their contract, $900 million, which is a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's um, for uh, South Park to continue through 2027 and 14 movies. Wait, 14 yeah. movies? Yeah. In addition to South Park airing through 2027. I have no idea why or what the re, you right. know, I don't I don't know. Um but I think there's something about how in between like their schedule now is that they do South Park so yeah. infrequently yeah. that I think it essentially just says okay, you can do the show for your little 10 right. weeks or whatever. Right. But the other forty weeks of the year, you're going to be fucking cranking out movies. I that's the that's the sense that I get from it because fourteen is a huge number for the next Those six guys are years. So interesting, though, so man. that's like two movies like, a year in addition to the show. They really um, like blazed their own path. Yeah, they yeah, really for, just, for sure. But for nine hundred million dollars, I think you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, um, I would. Did you see? I guess you did. But this whole Star Wars. Um, uh, hotel that will open yeah that i'll um, never be able they, to afford yeah they released uh, i'll take you um Thanks, they, they released a like a trailer for it or a teaser for it um the place hasn't been built yet so there's nothing really to show but um but the, you know it was in the news because they released the kind of this the prices and the packages and everything right um um look straight ahead look straight ahead got you I just had to kill a spider oh. crawling up the wall. Um, he's gone. Did you now. get him? Yeah, I got him. I'm so nervous now. Okay. No, you can look back. Thank now. you, though. You can look back. I didn't back want now. to see him. It um, would have been worse. <laughs> I know. That's why I was. <laughs> um, oh. Anyways, he's fine. He's gone. Um, sorry. I knew we should have never talked about arachnophobia last time. You see how you, it follows you me? You should really watch it. Um, you know what you should do? Shut up. We'll take some mushrooms and then we'll <laughs> no, watch Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> drop some acid and see if I'll yeah. have a good trip or not. Um, sorry. Anyways, oh, okay. uh, moving along. Uh, what was I talking about? I was talking Ugh. about, oh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yes. Essentially, the price is roughly. This is how I know God hates me. You know, we started talking about Star Wars and a fucking spider went up the wall next to my head. <laughs> we should watch Wild Wild West. Um, so um, prices are, are roughly $1,200 per person per night with a two-night minimum. Oh, so for two people, it's minimum 4800 That's for the the base, base, base package, but it's an all inclusive and immersive 48 hours yeah, or, well, it better or whatever. Be. Yeah. So, but that is a lot of money. It's quite a bit more than you'd spend on like a Look. suite and the theme park access yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But I guess that's the whole thing is that you are buying to be a part of a 24 hour. Look, I'm sure it's ride. incredible. It would be a, it would be a dream, but let me just say, and this is not cheap, but let me just say, if you want a fully immersive, uh, experience you can go to Disneyland, and as I've talked right, to you about before, right. Kelly, the most incredible Do Star rise, Wars experience yeah. I haven't ever done is rise. rise. I haven't um, done it. I, it is unbelievable. And I don't. I'm still to this day because every once in a while, people are like talking about, "Oh, I love Rise. I love Rise." I'm like, I really don't even want to know. Like the other night, uh, we uh, we were at uh, trivia, and someone was like. Um, what kind of ride is it? And I was like, uh, I don't no, no, no. want to yeah. know anything yeah. about it. I didn't go right, in. That right, was right, by right. design. And right. I tried not to. And, Anyways. And, I, and they were trying, to their credit, they're trying not to really reveal that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, mean, I know people are talking about it, but anyway, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and uh, I guess last but not least on the news, uh, actually, this is more of like an upcoming, so I can transition into like upcoming stuff and trailers. Um, production wrapped on Orville season three. So, oh, the, so the, it is going to come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And remember, Finally. during the pandemic, way, way, way long ago, I bumped into that guy at In N Out. Yep, yep. And we talked for a long time, and he was. Uh, he was either a stunt performer, I forget what position he had, but he worked on it. Um, but they had gone into hiatus because of the pandemic, and he's like, "It's the most expensive show produced at the time." <laughs> it was, I think, he said eleven yeah. million an episode, yeah, which is an insane number. Like Oy. that's more than any one season of, uh, or any one episode of, uh, or I think by average more than any episode of game of thrones that's wild or of any other major show that's that's been made that is wild. um like discovery star trek discovery the, some of those episodes have been well more than 10 million dollars but on the whole but on, right when you average out you over a season yeah um yeah so i'm super excited for the orville i think it's going to up its game and uh, in all ways i think it's going to be better stories better effects um and i think I think uh, if Seth MacFarlane does what we want, which is just give us more TNG, he's going to keep yeah, doing come it. On. Yeah. So. And, and that's uh, I can't wait for that show. And speaking of like budgets for episodes, that yeah. reminds me of my favorite part. I think of the uh, friends reunion, which we talked about a couple episodes ago Yeah, was when they talked about how, you know, you have to give the studio some of the ones where just for the sheer production again, value, you know, sake and budget sake where you just stay, we stayed completely in the apartment for like a whole yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, ended up being our most expensive episode because of the injury to Matt LeBlanc oh, right. and they had to shoot later and everything else. They had to break cat. But like, literally that's the reason for that whole one where they just stay in the entire time, right. just a budget thing. But it's a nice, like, you know, creative challenge. I think we call those bottle and episodes yep. and uh, star Trek had a lot of them because of budgetary issues. It was they like, did. okay, we can only use three of these sets. No building right. sets. We right. can only exactly. use what's here. Um, yeah. So, well, um, one thing I want to mention yeah, that I know you're equally as excited as I am about Amazon announced the Lord of the Rings series premiere date. Oh, really? What September is it? September 22nd, 2022. So I was sort of knew it wasn't possible, but was really, really hoping for like a December ish. Mm hmm. 2021 release i was hoping they had done more than we knew mm -hmm. for season one because they did get to shoot in new zealand throughout right pandemic and stuff and ultimately i mean understandably the whole other year um i was it was kind of a drag just because 2001 was when fellowship came out it would have been right there at the 20th anniversary right that it come out in, in the holidays but uh but the single shot they released people were going nuts about and i know there's a lot of rings fans out there like me and kelly uh, that can't wait. Oh, so, um, anyway, no, it bit. really was exciting though. Seeing the picture and actually having a date, I was mm -hmm. like, Oh shit. Like this has just been a thing that's been out there. That's one for year. A long time. And yeah, about a year away. Um, well, I'm about to start work at Amazon studios for a few weeks. Hell maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I'll learn something that I won't be able to tell you about. Steal me the ring or something. <laughs> um, also upcoming. There's a lot of, of very, very soon upcoming stuff. Like, um, yeah, we're getting there with these releases. Yeah, now. September. Well, actually, I'm uh, this list right here immediately is mostly television. There's um, the uh, American Crime Story impeachment. Uh, the the oh right that, that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, that starts uh, in in a couple of weeks, September seventh. Um, we also get September 5th, we get the second half of Billions last season, which was cut in half because of the pandemic. 
so we've been waiting for that for a while. Um, and then we get succession also October mm-hmm. 3rd, uh, coming up soon morning show. See, excuse me. Season two starts September 17th. Still haven't seen any of that. Uh, morning show is pretty good. Um, I mean, it's not amazing, but no, it, I hear, it's, I hear it's, it's good. good. It's worth watching. Um, American Rust. I actually haven't seen a trailer for it yet, but this is a new drama with Jeff Daniels and I pretty much love everything he's in. So he's great. Um, and, uh, I think that's mostly the TV stuff. Um, did you see the trailer for cry macho? <laughs> this is Clint Eastwood's new movie. I have not seen the trailer. I've seen like print ads. But that's it. So Clint Eastwood to me is so hit or miss. And, well, he's 137. Um, I would say 40% of his, let's say movies of the last 10 years. Um, I like, you know, 10% I love, um, Richard Jewell, I thought was outstanding. Right. I love that um, thought that was but, really good. Uh, you know, and then there are a bunch that I'm just like, oh, I really didn't like Gran Torino. I really didn't like this. I really didn't like that. Um, this one looks real, real, real bad to me. <laughs> um, I'd be curious to, to see what you think, though, um, of the trailer. Um, let's yeah, see. It wouldn't else? surprise me if it was terrible. It wouldn't surprise me. If it was uh, we good. got that Spider-Man trailer that was very talked. Everybody about. was buzzing about that. Um, one, man. I don't really care. We're going to see it. It'll be fun. <laughs> you know, it's just another Marvel movie. Yeah, It's hard for me to hold these in my head still, but, um, yeah. but I do think at least they're doing something that fans have really wanted yeah. and is exciting with this one. Instead yeah. Of just yeah, yeah. another. So that's cool. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, this one, I actually didn't look up, but are you aware of this movie? called the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes. I'm aware okay. of this Nick cage project that we will I eventually wait. Get. And it seems like a perfect name. It might even be better than pig. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it is coming out. Let's see. April 22nd of next year. So it's not like it's coming up right away. Um, but, uh, but currently, Oh, actually this is news, uh, from four hours ago, meaning I have not looked at it yet. Um, but deadlines Ooh. reporting Lionsgate closed CinemaCon. CinemaCon was just happening where it's mostly for cinema a- a- a exhibitors. So like all the movie theater companies were at this convention and they were showing movies, either full length movies or portions of movies to the movie theater, um, you know, companies um, to uh, get them hyped up about them. Um, and it says closes CinemaCon with big laughs shows off trailer for Nicolas Cage satire, unbearable weight of massive talent. Man, you paused at such a moment. You said they closed it. I was thinking, uh-oh. Closed what? Another pandemic. Like you were Oh, like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I was like, oh my God, what's coming? Lions, no, well, Lionsgate uh, is a movie studio. They they closed CinemaCon, right, meaning right, they were right. the final uh, big you know presentation, right. I guess, of the, of the afternoon. Um, but uh, that's kind of cool that they uh, showed some, some trailer uh, or some, some footage. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm very excited for that one. And, uh, that's really all I got for news. Um, I want to transition now into saying that I went to the Star Trek convention last week or two weeks ago. I guess it was two weeks ago now. You and Um, just you. Yeah. went alone. (laughs) I did invite Patrick. I did invite, uh, Lander and, uh, and my girlfriend, but, uh, uh, no one could be bothered. I was more, I was more speaking. (laughs) I was more speaking about the people who were the guests. I know some just me, just me. Um, and yeah, no, I know I, uh, had a good time. They mostly, uh, most, most of the, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, celebrity guests 
canceled, but uh, Shatner stayed and Takei and you can't, you can't stop and, Shatner. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, but it was still really fun. And uh, I went to the pool a lot and uh, just hung out with a lot of uh, Trekkies. Um, All right on. And that transitions us into our Rotten Tomatoes scores. We're going to do the Star Trek original crew movies uh, in oh. order. So there are six of them. Oh, yeah. We've done um, oh, yeah. one or two of these in some miscellaneous groupings, but uh, we're just going to start with Star Trek The Motion Picture. Star Trek The Motion Picture uh, was a movie that then we needed Star Trek Two to continue the franchise. So <laughs> I'm going to assume very low. I know it wasn't an audience favorite, um, but I think critics also thought, Okay, it's great that you can do stuff visually, but this is pretty slow. Yeah. Um, I am going to say critics 68, audiences 54. 41 and 42. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I knew people didn't like it. But yeah, that's worse. I don't hate the motion sure. picture as much as other people, but but I also almost look at it as like an alternate timeline. It, it has no place right. in anything, right? Like the, it doesn't fit with the original series and it doesn't fit with the rest of the movies for the original mm-hmm. crew. And the uniforms are different from either of them. Right. And it seems like they're in a different, and the style is different. Right. And it's, I don't know. It's like, but it has like a 2001 kind of adventure and conceptually, well, but it's the V'ger exactly. Idea. It's very it's a great impressive. sci-fi. Yeah. And it's like, I love to look the V'ger at. concept. And, and when yeah. I was a kid, uh, cause I first watched this stuff when I was like eight or nine yeah. and I can remember sitting and watching this one and just being, um, a little bit afraid, all of the going into the mm-hmm. feature, I mean, and just endless visuals. Like I was drawn in the whole time. Yeah. I was not bored. I just like absorbed me. I so. think I would agree that I also anyway. felt that way, but, yeah. um, what do you think? Uh, Wrath of Khan Trek Two. they cannot rank this one as high as it is in my mind, because <laughs> I really think this <laughs> is one of the great movies and sci-fi it movies is. ever. Um, but I will say that critics gave Wrath of Khan uh, and uh, I'm going to say an 84 and I'm going to say critic or uh, audiences gave it a 90. 88 and 90. God, that was great, man. I'm happy with that. Well done. I'm happy with that. That's pretty much right um, on. I'm good with that one. I would have it at like um, 98. Search for Spock. Search for Spock, I think we dip again. Um, although I think people still liked it. Uh, critics for Search for Spock, I'm going to say uh, like 75, and audiences, I'll say 80. 79 and 63. Audiences, 63. So if I had Surprising. guessed, I would have probably said uh, like 50 and 70. Um, and meaning that I'm blown away by how high the critics score is on this. Yeah. You guessed in the seventies, but 79 is so much higher because growing up, that was my least favorite. Final frontier has its own problems. We're going to get to that. But to me growing up, search for Spock was worse than final frontier. Well, search for Spock is also the one and worse than motion picture. I think like, I think I I I enjoyed motion motion picture picture more better to me. Yeah. I I mean obviously the the fifth one's kind of the the dud but um right. but three is the one also that there are cool moments there's a great villain right mm-hmm. like you I mean yeah. you know this Klingon villain and the Sp- no Kirk it's true son. it's engaging however yeah, yeah. I get it it's also the one where especially towards the end it looks like the same 
well, more quality than this, but it looks like yeah, a similar old, quality of the TV show. I, know. I mean, that the way that planet comes apart is so stupid. And after Wrath yeah. of Khan, which gave us the first great CG sequence yeah. where they're looking at the Genesis you know beginning planet. of Genesis, and yeah. you know, I don't know. It just, I know. I know. Anyway, I know. Uh, okay, yeah, they so. they spent so much less money on Search for Spock. It's a bummer. And even um, though, hey, yeah, you're resurrecting Spock, everybody's gonna be happy with that. You still don't get him at all in the movie. No, he's because not of even that, you're yeah. losing your second you get best this, like, character kind of or your best character. Teenager that yeah. nobody's just knows. gone. Yeah. And McCoy is not himself. So right. you've kind of, you know, the big criti- critical thing about the first one is we you've don't have the character. Alienated. No, okay. <laughs> oh, so, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Voyage Home. Okay. I hope it this is one is, Which we is just high as uh, as I hope it is. Um so for Voyage Home, I will say critics got it and enjoyed it and gave it a an eighty two, and I'm gonna say audiences gave it an eighty six. Eighty one and eighty one. Okay, that's okay. That's uh, about right. That's about yeah. right. Yeah, that's good. I could have done a little bit, yeah. bit higher, but um, uh, and uh, Final Frontier. Well, judging on three for Final Frontier, I feel like I have to say critics forty eight, audiences fifty five, twenty two oh. and twenty four. Isn't that low? Good God. I, I mean, mean, I don't remember not, disliking it that much. Yeah. That's, like, I can't argue critically that they're wrong, no. but I guess I just enjoy, I think I you and I enjoy, enjoy Trek, Trek enough. Movies. We're fans yeah. enough yeah, yeah. that it's like, like a bad James Bond movie. Exactly. I'm exactly. Still, I'm still down. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, man, it's kind of dumb. The concept doesn't really work. They don't really stick the landing. And you know what's funny? The ending also stupid like uh <laughs> shitty set yeah. environment yeah. with rocks once again that are stupid <laughs> rocks looking. a lot of rocks honestly in Star Trek. stupid rocks that's stupid, why the rock like, monster and galaxy paper mache so rocks um you know but the yeah. opening and the row row bow row your boat yeah. and the boots where they're climbing i is enjoy a fun that sequence. stuff i really do it's um, endearing and honestly uh tuvok right his spock's brother no uh, that's um, oh. a, a, a Cybok. Yeah, Cybok. Tuvok is <laughs> How from <I> Voyager. <laughs> uh, Cybok r- kind of riding through the desert in the beginning. Yeah, with, with, yeah, yeah. And honestly, the most blatant ripoff, like Cybok showing up <laughs> is a, is almost a shot directly out of like Lawrence of Arabia. Uh-huh. And the guy he's coming to is, for all, by all I can tell, is moisture farming. So we're really <laughs> blending like other properties here. Fair enough. But fair still enough, like yeah. a very creepy kind of compelling beginning. Yes, um, I anyway. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Undiscovered Country. My second favorite of uh, the Star Trek films. Mm-hmm. Really love this one. Um, I don't know, though. I remember Dave Letterman making a joke that um that when this one came out that the uh the original crew would be in wheelchairs at age 90 still being action <laughs> stars which is funny by today's standards because Harrison Ford really is 80 and, and Shatner's be, 90 yeah. and I just saw him on They're stage in Vegas going. he's fucking yeah. hey, sharp look 90s to 40 yeah um 40 okay, okay. so <laughs> Star Trek Star Trek 6 uh undiscovered country critics same range, I think. Critics, 82. Audiences, 87. Uh, 82 and 83. You were so okay. darn close. Fine with that. Very, very Fine good, though. Very um, happy with these rankings so far. Nicely done. Um, well, that's our Rotten Tomato scores. I just had to get some more Star Trek in to get it out of my system. I love it. Um, let's see. We... Um, we talked about our, our listener feedback uh, from our friend Mike, or Mike, Nick, Nick I mean. Nick. Um, and I wanted to mention that I definitely soon will 
Um, probably make some shirts uh, for you and me. Maybe yeah. we'll put them on a store or something. I know that's a that's a big uh, big lofty goal, but uh, send one to Nick. Um, I gotta I Not gotta work bad, on it. Nicola. But but I talked to Patrick uh, a while ago about this. I think our fans should be called shitheads. Um, because we are the movies and shit podcast. We love and, that. So write in and let um, us know if you love it or you'd be. Offended yeah, I just wanted whatever. to to feel the vibe of the room on it. that one. Um, and and of course that's a callback to Steve Martin's dog in the Jerk. His name is Shithead. <laughs> um, and I arguably the greatest. I didn't of all see. Time. Yeah, I didn't see the Jerk as a kid. I saw it probably you know like twelve, fifteen years ago, whatever. And um. And I realized, like, my parents said shithead all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> they used that word so much. And I don't know if it was my mom or my dad. I guess probably more my mom. But I'm trying to put together, like, what um, they got that from. And I, yeah, different for sure. Upbringings. But I think legitimately yeah. they got it from the jerk. And so uh, I just think uh, it's a given that you guys, uh, if you're a fan, uh, are shitheads. Um, sorry, not sorry. I agree um, with that. I feel like yeah. it's the truest to our actual name. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I don't know what else to say um, about it. Do you that. have a hidden gem? I do. Do you have a hidden gem? I, I do. I want you to go first so that I can go stop this thing from making noise over there. But why don't you start talking about <laughs> your hidden gem? Okay. Uh, time for me to cover hidden gems this week. I am pulling mine up right now. I just want to make sure that I haven't mentioned this one before. And I'm looking at our list, and I have not mentioned this one before, so I'm going to mention it now. Okay. My hidden gem uh, this week is a movie called Chaplin. Wouldn't it be crazy if we were going to do the same one? Which of is all the I, movies. I know at some point, maybe <laughs> one day it'll uh, okay. Chaplin. Uh, did you ever see the movie Chaplin? Uh, no, starring Robert Downey Jr. No, uh, I'm, I'm first very Oscar aware of it, for, but yeah. uh, and it's on my list. Super worth seeing. The reason I actually wasn't going to mention this one, but then we were talking about biops and how I don't like any of them. And this is the exception. This is the one that I truly love. Oh, It's not just that I think it's a superior movie to most biops, but in addition to that, it is to me, to this day, the greatest Robert Downey Jr. performance. And he has obviously had a lot of great performances. He'll always be Iron Man. I think anybody who watched Tropic Thunder right. will never be able to forget him in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> but, uh, he embodies Chaplin so well and to try to take on the guy who did physical comedy in the silent era as well as anybody ever and is still iconic for it. And then for Robert Downey Jr. to master Robert Downey Jr. does some of the greatest physical comedy in this movie as Chaplin that you will ever see. I mean, and I took silent film history and everything. So I've seen a lot of that stuff and he's just unbelievable. But in addition to that, um, and having a great cast, I mean, Kevin Klein playing Douglas Fairbanks and all these other great people, it's also about the advent of making movies, you know, and the yeah. pioneers. So like we talk about all the time for people who love movies. Uh, and we talked about this with once upon a time in Hollywood. I just love so much watching that, that film. I haven't seen it in a long time. I want to rewatch it, but I own it. And just watching kind of that process of figuring out how we're going to tell these stories and just kind of revolving around his life. It's a really, really great movie. I feel like it was really big in its time and then just got forgotten like most movies. Mm -hmm. But if you guys are looking for something to check out, definitely give Chaplin a watch. It is uh, really That's great. That's a good hidden gem. Um, Thank I, you. I really do need to uh, to put that on uh, higher on my priority list. Um, the one I watched was one that Laurie came upon on like Hulu 
And um, she started watching, and then she was like, wait, we should really watch this together because she realized that it it is a movie that I think she had never heard of. I had never heard of it. Um, and uh, and it has a very positive – we looked it up. We're like, oh, wow, people like this movie. It's got a great, great rating. Um, it's called Take Shelter uh, from 2011. Have you seen it? And this is starring Michael Michael Shannon yes. and Jessica Chastain. I have seen it, and, and uh, um, yeah, I am not at all saying that this is a uh, uh, blow me out of the water movie or anything. But for something that I had never even heard of, thought provoking, it's, it's a very small movie, compelling, and it's extremely compelling. And both of them are such incredibly powerful actors. Yeah, they're great. Um, Jessica Chastain, I can't wait to see her in this new "The Eyes of Tammy Faye" that they keep playing the trailer for. Look, have you seen that trailer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't um, wait to see that movie. Just that looks so good, so good. It's gonna I, be great. I don't, I don't know. But anyways. Um, yeah, they're both great in this, and uh, Michael Shannon. It, it's that same director. Um, uh, I wrote it down. Uh, Jeff Nichols. Uh, he did Midnight Special. He did Mud. Yep, yep. He did Loving, which all three of those I liked quite a lot. Um, it's just Michael's a, kind of his guy. They've actually worked together. Yeah, much. it's kind of an atmospheric movie. Um, it's a small movie, small family drama, um, but um, like you said, very compelling. And uh, I'd recommend it as long as you have, you know, kind of small movie expectations for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's all, I, sure. that's all I can say about that. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about <laughs> that. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I think we did it. I think we did a whole episode. We did it again. I don't think I have anything else. Are there we did any, it again. What day any, is it? I don't What's know. What's going on? I it don't got know. dark while we were in here. <laughs> Blucha, blucha, blucha. You take uh, the brunette, and I'll take the one in the tub. Yes. Uh, um, so good. Did that come out of my home speakers? No, it came out of the. Headphones. I was going to say, it felt I'm like just, the headphones to me. I'm just losing. They're a little it. delirious. Oh, well, you God. saw them four movies in a day. I mean, you yeah, that was recovered. that was rough. Um, sincerely, guys, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, and and if you guys have any movies, any hidden gems, anything like the Beasts of War. Like our boy Nick, uh, definitely uh, write in, tell us about him, um, and we'd love to uh, be challenged on, on some of those. If you guys have anything you want us to to cover, so let us Absolutely. know. Absolutely, thanks for listening. Love you guys. Adios.